Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Casperson. In this episode, I am sitting down with the one, the only, Zach Anderson Pettit. Now, if you don't know who Zach is, and I seriously doubt you don't know, but he is the content director for Money 2020 USA, and we are diving into all things fintech trends and fintech happenings and content happenings. And basically, this episode is like getting the inside scoop into the brains and functionality of how fintech content junkies like Zach and I operate and think and work. So it's a little chaotic, a lot of fun, and a lot of frankly, just topics to run through because there's a lot going on in our industry all the time. So of course, we talk also about the big show, Money 2020. So be sure to tune in, enjoy this ride with me and Zach. And then after you listen to this episode, be sure to go to Zach's podcast, Fintech Family Hour, and listen to him interview me so you get, you know, a full scoop on the conversation that him and I had while we jammed live in the studio. So I hope you enjoy it. This is Zach Anderson Pettit. Zach, thank you for coming into the Williamsburg studio for an episode of Humans of Fintech. Thank you. For me, this is actually a pretty full circle moment. You and your podcasting actually really inspired a lot of Humans of Fintech. So I just want to let you know that to your face while you're here. When you hear that, how does that feel? Well, we had this conversation after maybe a beverage or two yes. at the Empire Happy Hour. I think, right, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yes, it, was yes, at the, yes. it was all the way at the end of the show. And it might have been a very emotional moment for me, I would say. Oh. Like very emotional. You know, I'm dead inside. So there's only so much of that. But the idea that anybody else like cares about humans and like more so humans than finance in this industry, like yeah. that just makes me so fucking happy that I love that. And after actually getting to know you, it makes me even happier because like you have taken it in a direction that candidly is like a six foot, whatever white male, I never could. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like a really, really important voice and a really important thing for the industry. Mm -hmm. So the idea that I inspired even like 1% of a percent of that <laughs> is like fucking gets me out of bed in the morning is wildly yeah. exciting. And even if you're lying to me, I appreciate oh you lying gosh. to me. <laughs> I, well, we, before we uh, you started recording, I was telling you I'm like not very good at hiding my my feelings or, or hiding how I what I really want to say. And so, yeah, no, it was just so refreshing when I was starting fintech is fam and going to start a fintech podcast. I was looking and you know I was listening to all of them, you know, all the ones that we know, including yours. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, there's someone here who's like wanting to actually talk to these people like they're humans. I think in my career, it's been a thing that has made me unique and it's made people want, it's like how I get big interviews with big guests yeah. is that they're like so excited because they're going to be asked questions that no one else asks them. <laughs> like, tell me about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a groundbreaking, <laughs> like, whoa, take a step I know, back, I know, folks, and I'm a like this personal. innovator. They're like, they're like I, know, I, I mean, they're like, <laughs> I know I interview yeah, I interviewed Kathy Wood the other day and she's just like, no one's ever asked me that. They like kudos to you. And now guess what? Now she remembers me. And of now course. she like, you know, and it's that like long game and that relationship that you're building. And I feel like, is that something you were cognizant of when you kind of, or is it just it's really your personality? Yeah. I think that we always want and maybe this is like a little bit of therapy session and you can tell me how you yes. think about it. That's what this is. Humans of FinTech. I love it. Therapy session. I think that we always want our strength to be something that it isn't. 
as humans is my two cents. I have a new sponsor for my podcast and I was texting with like my main kind of contact at that organization yesterday and I was texting her and I was saying basically like, I think I've accepted that my podcast is not going to be the smartest one mm. in fintech, but I hope that it's like the most fun or mm -hmm. the most engaging in some random way or like the most like laughs per minute or laughs mm -hmm, per, mm -hmm. like hopefully it's the funniest or like something like that. And it all stems from my desire for it to be the smartest. Like mm. that's what I want. What yeah. I want is to be the smartest person in the room. What I right. want is to be the person that can ask the best question about open banking. What I want is to be like so familiar with every level of the stack that I can talk to anybody about if that's, you know, happening here or happening there. Are we talking ML? Are we talking this? Are we talking that? It's like, I wish that I had that and I obsessively try to learn to get there. But I think I've just finally admitted to myself that my competitive advantage in life is like making people have a good time, making people comfortable, hopefully making people laugh and not the rest of it, you know? Yeah. And like, I'll still ask those questions, but it's like, I don't even really want to is the other thing I'm finally admitting to myself is like, I don't like I care and I want to know, but most of that shit, like if I have the opportunity to sit down with somebody that absolutely fascinates me, most of the time I want to ask them like what they have for lunch mm -hmm. or like, you know, how they handle <laughs> well, it their sanity. Well, it tells you so much about someone. Exactly. Are you kidding me? You don't think that someone's personal decisions in their day to day from right. what they decide to eat to, for lunch to how they maybe, you know, spend time with their family or, exactly. or whatever it is like that, that doesn't shape someone's leadership. It's literally like your values and the things that you do with your time and the way you decide to spend your time and yeah. the way that you talk about and present yourself, that, that is a clear reflection on what the future of your fintech, of your business, of your leadership can look like. And so it is smart, yeah. I would say. And in fact, it's even myself, I get like annoyed if I'm considered some sort of like woo-woo feminism brand. And People it's put like, you in a box. Yeah. And like, yeah. don't put me in that box because I'm talking about incredibly strategic, smart, important strategies, developments that should be implemented in every single part of a business. In fact, if it was value just as much as, you know, all of the more technical elements, then maybe we would be in better places. Well, of course. I mean, it's all balanced, <laughs> I mean, we right? would. Well, yeah. I think especially for like an engineer, right? I think like in fintech, we have this version of like, or like, I guess I have this version of what a successful fintech founder is or mm. something like that. And I think five years ago, my version of that founder was like probably wildly unhappy mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it. Right? right. It's just like this hypothetical human I've created in my head. It's right. a persona. It's not even a real person. But I'm just like, they work this much. They do this. They do this. They're probably fat. And they, you know, like it's. <laughs> but just... they've raised $100 million exactly. in their first seri like yeah. series A. And yeah, like they... exactly. Yeah. I think of like Reed Hoffman, actually. I think he's really interesting because I'm fascinated by his brain. He's done so much for the world, like LinkedIn, all these different things. But I don't think he could fit through most doors. And it's like, how do you like, is he happy? But it's confusing to me. And I can't imagine like even looking at Elon. Right. Mm. And I mean, a lot of different fucking opinions about Elon yeah. these days, but there's no disagreeing that the man has done some things in the world. But that gut would be just it would drive me crazy. Like I would give up one of my CEO <laughs> roles. Done. I'm serious. I'm like, like it's just no, like. No, I mean, I would, I'm laughing, but it's so true. It's, it's so true. It's gross. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, I'm probably, and, it's, I'm judging, but. But I mean, well, the thing is, is that it's, look, 
we are all beautiful no matter our weight. We're just yes, gonna put that out there. It's but not it's that. not that. Exactly. That's not what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, no, I know you're not. But if, as like someone who also is, I heavily prioritize my physical activity yeah. for a reason. You know, you asked me how can I create content like on a snap and it's sometimes I can't. But like, <laughs> but to be able to do that as many times a day as possible, I have to prioritize my physical activity. I have to prioritize like my creative activity. I can't just, my only outlet for creativity can't just be my writing and my interviewing that I get paid a salary yeah. for. Like I have to do other things. Like I came home the other day and just decided to like learn a song on the piano. I came home and I was like, okay, you know what? what? I could either go. You play piano? Was what? I was like, I could either go to back to my home office on my desk. Like I came home from this office yeah. that we're in the studio we're now. And I was like, I can either go back there. It's like six o'clock and work again. Or I could sit at the piano and like expand my mind in another way. So I just pulled up a YouTube video, of like one of my favorite songs. It's Vampire. I sent it to you the other day. Oh, you did? <laughs> I still yeah, haven't listened yeah. to it yet. Okay, yeah. I will. I yes. Will. And I just learned how to play a couple chords so that I could start to learn how to sing it. And then like, play it. And it just was a fun way. I spent like three hours doing it. Okay. Here's a question. How important do you think it is to have different inputs? Because we're all obsessed with this fintech world, yes. right? Or I don't know. I just assume if you're listening to this, you're a you're nerd obsessed and you're fintech. obsessed with fintech mm -hmm. world. <laughs> How important is it to have other inputs from your perspective? Oh my gosh. You can't like actually have these greater opinions yeah. on these very complex and interesting elements of our fintech space unless you go and live a life. Right. Unless you go and have... It's <laughs> a crazy thought, going and <laughs> yeah, living a like, life in this go, world. Yeah, you got to explore, you got to travel. Like yeah. I learned a ridiculous amount from my travels to India, from Amsterdam, like to being at Money 2020 Europe. I mean, shit, I've written like, yeah. I've however many stories just from that event alone. How different do you feel like you are as a person from even like three months ago? Because you've been <laughs> fucking everywhere in the last yeah. few months. I mean, it's like, I'm like, this podcast has now turned around. Um, yeah, well, this <laughs> okay, is what we'll happens when you have well, podcasters know, on podcasts. I know, we ask up, each other questions. It's okay, it's who knows? Happen. Just listen to this episode and then listen to Zach's and episode. And we'll find out who who And then we'll, yeah, no, but... <laughs> I'm like, what was the question? Oh, yes. How different the, do you the, feel like you are yes, from like three yes, months ago? Three, oh on your my travels? gosh. A ridiculous amount. I yeah. mean, I chopped my hair off. That's, you did. I did. That's all you need to know. Okay. I'm a changed woman. Next question. Liberated. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Cut it. Check the gate next <laughs> But seriously, I'm like the traveling. I mean, you go to somewhere like India and you yeah. are faced with actual poverty. You mean it's not just about financial inclusion? <laughs> you mean people actually have real problems in this world? You mean it's not like, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just like, like you mean it's not just about like making sure the Henrys get everything that they deserve and what? I need a piece <laughs> of a classic car because that's an asset that's going to appreciate... I need to own a piece of an Hermes, $30,000, however exactly. much that is. Sorry, I'm not a fashion kid, but whatever. Like I need to own a piece of that diamond or else I will never build wealth for myself. Uh, yeah, so there's... There's actual problems in this world and it does like bring you back to earth a bit and, you know, it makes you think like, okay, there's actually a lot we can be learning in U.S. fintech from India, from Singapore, from Indonesia, from all these other, 100%. all these places. And in those places, there are like, there's also a ton of people that are really building incredible companies that get no press, like get no. no press, no one interviews them, nothing. And I'm like, all right, well, I will be the first to do that because and put you on the map because you're doing something incredible. We met a woman. Augustine is like what the chief people and strategy officer of a fintech company called Dana. And basically okay. it's like it's consumer fintech. It's meant for the people of Indonesia, right? Indonesia. And so she has like 140 million people on her app. Uh, Holy yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. And that's like half the population of 
Indonesia. Yeah. And a huge portion of it or a percentage of it are women. 75%. 75 fucking percent of your app users are women. Is it, was it built and structured for women? Or no. is that just, wow. Oh, well, never mind. It was. I'm so sorry. Augustina, <laughs> we're going to have you on here and you're going to correct everything that Nicole's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, I don't know everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Anton really was the one I got to know well, her. But that, and, that's still fascinating yeah. though, right? Because I mean, well. I was about to talk about daylight. We won't go there because that's a whole different thing. <laughs> a whole other uh, thing. A whole different yeah. thing. But if you think about like Elevest is maybe a good example, right? right Where right, right. like Sally has done something that I think is wonderful, is really important for the world, but she don't have 140 million users on there. Right. Right. And right. like there's a strong disconnect, I think, in the US in terms oh, yeah. of that. Sometimes I feel like, especially in emerging markets, if you build something like that, it actually really exists to solve a problem. And it seems potentially much of the time in the U.S. we're building to self-actualize versus we're just on such different levels of Maslow's hierarchy that it's like not even the same conversation. Well, and it's more of a, oh, well, someone built this, so I should build that too. And right. oh my God, like there's a million investing apps, like I should build one too. And I can understand that for certain niches, I guess, but it's like, why are we not solving for the fundamental issues that are happening for consumers here in America as well? We think that we have a large bank population, like whatever. Oh, people investing. That's going to democratize access mm -hmm. to wealth building and the wealth gaps is investing. And it's like, no, the average American today still doesn't have, the, how many times do we have to say it, right? Yeah. Like still doesn't have $500, $400 for an emergency. Yeah. People making over $100,000 live paycheck to paycheck still. Like yeah. we have a problem here. And it's like, Throwing out an investing app at someone isn't going to solve it. It can be a piece of it. But we're very interested in the bells and whistles. Like, can it really? Like, this is the thing that I struggle with on it is like, yes, it can be a piece of it. But I feel like I've kind of been in a unique, maybe not a unique position with this, but I've been a fintech nerd for oh yeah, how long? 20. What? I, I wrote, not 20 years. No, I was about <laughs> to say like 20. I was about to say a year. I'm trying to think of, so I did the five-year plan in college. So I graduated in 2015. I think I wrote, and this is not like a claim, this is like, I actually find this very sad, but I basically wrote a business plan for what what, what turned out to be Eggcorns when I was like a sophomore, junior wow. in college, but I wrote it on a piece of paper and did shit with it. So it's like, good for me. Um, Someone else did. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> like the idea of like a roundup investing app is like not that groundbreaking really. So I think that was probably like 2013. So probably about 10 years, something like that. So I've been like fascinated by this world and like deep in understanding it and poor at the same time, <laughs> which is like such an interesting thing, yeah. I think, because yeah. you end up like I've been in positions where I have had all of the apps. Right. And then I've like put enough into acorns or put enough into this investing app. And then as soon as you have to like if you have a tax bill or if you have a you end up just fucking selling the asset to pay the tax bill. And then next year you have a tax bill on the asset. You just it's like Robin Peter to pay Paul. And like you learn something along the way, I guess. But you don't really it's not financially healthy. Yeah. Right. Like the only reason I was able to pay my taxes in like 2016 was because Bitcoin went on the tear. Damn. Like it was just random shit like that. And then I realized that like, I don't actually, and like I got a whisper, but I today don't really use much FinTech. Like yeah. oh I can't, God. I <gasps> use NBKC and then like a few other things. Do you know what's so funny? Me either. I know. It's me either. Crazy. People are always like, what FinTech apps do you use, Nicole? I gotta know. <laughs> and I'm like, Who you're like Instagram. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't X supposed to be a FinTech app? Oh God, I don't know. But no, yeah, yeah it's no like <laughs> my Instagram for my shopping. Uh, there's payments in there. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I'm like, I use one. 
Yeah. I'm like, and it's like, it's my bank. Yeah. And it's my bank. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And I mean. But we talk about it. So, like, how are we so broken? Right. Like, why is it that we spend our entire lives obsessing over this like one thing? Yeah. But then we like don't do it. <laughs> At least. I mean, I download the apps. I try them. But then I'm just like, I mean, whatever. Like, I just want my community bank. Well, I think it's a behavioral element of it. Well, what drew me to open up like an account at a neo bank was because I just had my traditional bank that my parents helped me like open an account of when I was a kid. And I'm even lucky to even have that. Yeah. And, you know, but I don't like hate that bank and I don't believe in any though. Like it's sounds it's the like wor- it's one of the big it's, ones. It's the worst one. OK, we all know which one it is in our heads now. It's the worst one. And <laughs> I actually like I feel like we all have such differing opinions that I don't know which one yeah, you're referring true. to. I feel it's, like it's probably one of five that I can think of. Yeah, And yeah. they're probably very large and international, but I yes. don't know which one. Yes, it's a top. It's in the Holy Trinity, if you will, I guess. We can move on. Anyways, so for, forget, the, forget <laughs> that thing. Um, so I opened up, uh, actually, so I ended up finding SoFi through a personal finance influencer, Tori Dunlop. And, you know, her whole branding is financial feminism. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. So like, obviously I believe in that and that's my vibe. And so I like, saw that she was promoting a high yield savings account through SoFi. And so I was like, fuck it. And I'm like, ooh, and I click this and I get her, you know, commission. Yeah. I want to support her and yeah. do something for myself. That's like what people are thinking. And so I, and that's what I think. And so I went in there and I created an account. And for me, it's been the reason I like the app so much. And I know I'm a brand partner. They do sponsor some of my things. But to be fair, I was a SoFi user well before they you know, reached out for a brand partnership. But for me, it was the behavioral element. It was knowing what I know about behavior finance and seeing it in action. Mm -hmm. Little things like being able to segment pieces of my savings for an emergency vault, for a travel fund, for a, you know, and then automating all of it through my direct deposit and paycheck and it being so simple. And like just the psychological lift or like the lifting that off my plate. Mm -hmm. I know there's a certain amount of my paycheck every month that's going right to my emergency savings. And it's like growing before my eyes and, you know, and a certain amount that goes to my investing and whatever. So it just like relieves so much. Yeah. And it's easy. I can check the app. It tells me everything. It's like, it's so transparent. It tells me every time I spend something, how much I have left. It yeah. sends me a little notification. Yep. And so I'm visually seeing everything going on it with my money, how my money is moving, what's happening. And that's huge because the default, because we're also scared of like, we're born we're born scared. No, we're like raised <laughs> culturally, like scared of money that the default is like, I mean, how many years of your life did you spend? Like, I'm just not going to look. I'm not going to look. Most. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I was honestly so nervous about overdrawing my account until I was like 29, mm. 8, 7, 20. <laughs> Late 20s. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, no, <laughs> until I was like 27. Uh, but I was old always looking yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like if we can find apps that have this actual psychological change in our behavior, yeah. I think that's huge. And that's what I have yet to see with an investing. Like, I don't know how like that in, an investing app can necessarily change like my behaviors. I mean, they can, I guess. It's like, there's too much onus, I think, on the users still. Exactly. To you, you figure it behave. out. 
Yeah. That's the, the thing yeah, about Yeah, they don't an, want you to be. Yeah, like an investment <laughs> app. Uh, SoFi is a beautiful example where it's like, if you think about where you should be engaging with the app, right? Mm -hmm. It's like savings. It's day-to-day -day stuff. It's like decreasing your debt. It's all that sort of mm -hmm. a thing. Like, I think one of the biggest problems we have in this fucking industry is the idea that investing should be an activity, mm -hmm. which then means you're trading, mm -hmm. which then mm -hmm. means you're broke because mm -hmm. you have no idea what you're fucking doing. And like, it's just, there's no one outside of, well, this city actually, that I have any faith in beating the market on purpose. Yeah. Like people will beat it by accident, whatever, but just buy an index fund and shut up. Right. So like, what's the point of Robin Hood? What's the point of any yeah. of this shit? I don't know. Other than like selling order flow to high frequency traders and taking advantage of their um, users. The users. Yeah. Except Robin Hood obviously democratized so much. So good Clearly, for the world. I mean, there I mean, is a, so you good. are the new Wall Street. Right. Not Wall Street. Yeah. Nobody's Although ever. Although I got to go work with the Wall Street guys to yeah. make sure that we get paid. Right. But you know, you right. are the new Wall Street. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, that whole, like, you know, the Robin Hood. Why well, I shouldn't say, you know, because I've never been invited to it and I would love to go just because <laughs> I'm fascinated. But they have like a yearly Robin Hood like investor summit. Have you heard about this? No. So it's like BlackRock, it's Citadel, okay. it's basically Davos, but for like their partner sort of a thing. And like, they'll talk about open markets and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, it happens in, it was in New York last year. The people that I hear about going to it, I'm just like, and it's just the irony of the idea of that company oh, being yeah. directed towards financial inclusion or something like that. When, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The CEO literally reminds me of Lex Luthor, so. When I was at Investment News, I reported on Robinhood a lot more. And I, I was there during, you know, the 2020 and the 2021 boom during GameStop, the whole thing. Yeah. And th they also never fulfilled. I don't know about today because I don't really, I'm not like paying too much attention to them these days. But like they never fulfilled a lot of the things that they would say they would. Even after that, the big drama was really also between payment for Waterflow, but was also with the kid that took his own life because of his Robinhood account. Yep. And I was a reporter at that time, like covering that shit. And it's like, they said they would, you know, hire this education person and this person and this person. And it's like, I remember I wrote, a, I followed up like, you know, at the time when they said yeah. that they would do it, it was like right. six, seven, eight months later. And I'm like, did you do it? I don't see anything online. Did you do it? And then like, they never did it. And it's just like, Exactly. Like how many companies out there are doing this like, we're going to do this fan-aid situation and then never following through. Yeah. But I do think ultimately in our landscape, I think we have, you have the personal finance influencers mm -hmm. and then you have the fintech company and the personal finance influencer is like promoting the fintech company. But there's this like space in the middle that I see like this opportunity gap for fintech to penetrate like there, <laughs> there's I'm five um <laughs> you're really laughing because you said penetrate anyway, right now I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm such a weirdo <laughs> it's early the um, only person more immature than me I love it <laughs> and then I anyways I was like I wanted to use a different word but that was the only word that came to mind and, and then so there's this like white space for us I think to fill but and, will they listen this is the thing I yeah. struggle with is like I think you do a better job of this than me. Like I'm not, and I mean, I think there's like, it's not that just the two of us can solve this. Like yeah. this is a, a plea to the world, I think, to like trying to fill that gap, to penetrate that opening and, you know, really get in there. Now I'm, anyway, <laughs> moving I'm on. I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, I've been watching The Office. I've been watching. <laughs> That'll do this it. This is what is happening. That'll do it. So when the Robin Hood thing was happening, I, I think I saw a reel on Instagram that was like, 
All you got to do is like a couple. And I honestly don't know if it was a joke or not. I don't think it was a joke. I think it was serious. And it was basically like, all you'd got to do is get on Robinhood, pick four stocks where the name of the company starts in R. And then the end of if they didn't actually say, I'm joking okay, about okay. that part, but it was along those lines, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it was, it was like, like all you got to do is get on, you quadruple trade this in, you got an option that gets you out, you got to buy a put on this oh, and yeah. a call on that. And I'm like, I've been studying, not like I have a finance degree, but I've been following and like, I wanted to be an open outcry trader when I was a kid. Mm. I couldn't explain options in a basic, simple way, which makes me think I don't really understand them. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we're going to like allow average Americans to mm -hmm. trade options, especially trade options with fucking leverage yeah. with leverage. Yeah. We're going to allow Americans to trade stocks with leverage. Yeah. Like we're going to give, I mean, Americans sure. Like that America was built on leverage in a yeah. lot of ways, <laughs> but like the average non-accredited investor. And then everybody's going to be like, well, they should have the right to too. It's like, yeah. Okay. Well then they should also have the right to be fucking homeless and not complain about it when they are, mm -hmm. because like you're going to trade yourself into a can and it's going to be a whole bunch of kids that are going to try to play lacrosse at Duke that are going to, and then they're going to be mm -hmm. home. It's just like this very Henry-ish thing, yeah. which like, I really don't care if they get screwed, to be honest yeah. with you. But it's like, as soon as it gets in, it pervades that like next step mm -hmm. of like, oh, I got my paycheck for this week. I'm going to put it in there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh shit, there goes my right. livelihood. There goes my life. livelihood. Right. And then they, and then it just is, and, yeah. well, and what a perpetuation of like all that's, you know, kind of bad in the world, right? Yeah. Because then there's all of this, there's the resentment, like, it's what has made me so very passionate about the fintech space is like the ability to make that shit not happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, our ways to go, but it's like, what else is out there? Like, you have to be, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, you got to be optimistic. Like, we got to have some optimism. I mean, there's a lot of bad shit happening. But if, you know, technology can be enabled to, for good to change that, then, yeah. you know, why not? Which yeah. Really brings me, okay, we've kind of gone in reverse here I like on the show. I love it. Of course, it happens. I backed into the that, office when we got here, so it all makes sense. <laughs> just walked in. They were like, why are you I doing that? I love that this happened with Zach. <laughs> when did the fascination with financial technology begin? Because you had mentioned something about being a kid at some point during the show. I was a kid at some point. <laughs> there was a time where you there were a child. There was a time when I was a child and I still yes. have the brain of one. There's two answers. When I got interested in money, I was really young, actually. It was because I would say that I, I didn't grow up with a ton of money. And my dad specifically was in tough economic positions at a couple different points, bankruptcy, things like that. And I just had a lot of questions about like, how anybody could get to that point, how our economic system, I mean, it's just like you as a kid, you're like, this is a first world country. Like everybody's got water. Everybody's got, you know, the basics, at least for the most part, but like what he can't, why is that happening? Mm -hmm. Right. So there's just a lot of questions when I was a kid. And then fast forward to when I was in college, I was doing an internship at, well, I'll just say at Merrill Lynch. Mm -hmm. And we were mostly doing good for the world. I think like we were selling like mutual funds and like well-balanced index funds to average folks that were thinking about retirement, yada, yada, yada. And then suddenly we went to lunch with this woman from a very large insurance company and she was selling us annuities. And the idea was basically like, hey, those index funds, they're great. They're responsible. You can make like, you know, 10 basis points, 30 basis points. But what if we could make three times that, 10 times that? 
what if you can make 3% instead of 30 basis points, right? And not that those are exact numbers or something, but it was just like an order of magnitude difference in terms of the fee that they could benefit from the idea of selling an annuity to literally fucking anybody, mm -hmm. right? Instead of selling a balanced index fund portfolio. And this was at a point when, you know, cause I'm so old, <laughs> there was no fiduciary rule, not the fiduciary oh, rule shit. really shook out and really actually is working today. But they were like the broker dealer thing this was fully a broker dealer. Mm. So there was no need to act on the actual, in the actual best interest right. of the client. It was just like, a, we can sell them something that's, you know, suitable, right? The suitability standard. I thought like the suitability standard to me, I find to be criminal. Mm. Like the idea that you can just sell anybody anything, anything. basically. And mm -hmm. then you get to the courtroom and it's like, I don't know. They, like in the moment, it seemed good. Mm -hmm. And the judge and is like, said yes, so, yeah. yeah. You know, it's basically like, it's a sales process mm -hmm. at that point with like very minimal recourse. And like, yeah, you can get, but it's just like, there's a different level there. So anyways, I got wildly pissed off during that experience, not during that lunch. It was nice. I had a salad, but like the rest of it, when we yeah. started selling the annuities and I was like, this is not a person you sell an annuity to. And mm -hmm. I didn't really know. Right. I was just like, right. but why are we selling an annuity to like a 45 year old? It gave you the ick. Yeah. It gave me the financial ick. ick. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes. And I was just so angry that I was like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this industry and hopefully leave it like a little bit <laughs> yeah. better than I found it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's what started it. And then I started working in startups. Oh my gosh. Well, that's actually really fascinating. I mean, and kudos to you, right? Because it's, gosh, we live in this like space where right, you could either think like that person at Merrill Lynch was, which is like, but what if we could yeah. earn more? Like, what if we could get more? It's like, it just makes me think of like the creation of the mortgage-backed security. It's like, yeah, but what if yeah. Financialization. we took the shitty ones yeah. and put them all together and resold them as something new? And it's like the packaging of, you know, shit products to yep. sell it to people that don't know any better. Oh my God. Like it is also a lot of, I know I can like feel the, he's like, Ugh. it just pisses it just, me off yeah. beyond belief. And, well, and it's because like, it's not fucking necessary. And what are we doing? It's not real. I mean, it kind of gets into this thing where we start talking about the national debt. When you start talking about the national debt, I think most people's eyes glaze over. They like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, if at any point we do default, it's Armageddon and fuck it. You mm -hmm. know, like the world's going to end anyway. So whatever. But when it gets into the financialization of like we have coming back to the point of India, coming back to the point of Indonesia, coming back to the mm -hmm. point of like actual problems to solve in this world, like the idea of packaging up a whole bunch of mortgages so that we can then call it diversified so that we can mm -hmm. then sell it off. And then obviously that's not enough. Let's package up the packages like to your point, you know, it's mm -hmm. just. Well, it's like a waste of resources and time yeah. and energy of everyone. And there's yeah. a lot of fucking smart people in the Super room. Smart. Why are we? Yeah. Like you're supposed to be the smartest there yeah. is. Like let's do anything. Yeah. Thing, literally anything else, yeah. like anything yeah. but exactly. prey on people that don't yeah. know any better. Can we do that? Like, yeah. can we? And I mean, I know that's also like has, you know, in parts drawn me to the space. I know we're like closing in on time here, but like I would be remiss if I didn't ask a little bit about Money 2020. Sure. <laughs> I like that, that job of yours. I mean, when you think about your goals, right, and all the things that you and I are really passionate about is stopping that 
type of behavior and using technology in our fintech space to do that, right? And, and shape a narrative where, hey, we can be good. We can do this and yeah. we can make money. I know mm -hmm. we, we all want to make money. In fact, guess what? Making money and being good, that it can make us more money. Yeah. You know, I'm like, look at this. And that's how I feel every day. I write my newsletter. I'm just like, beep, beep, beep. Look at the money that can be made when, when we are nice to each other. We can be good and, and profitable. And money, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, but a lot of steps to do that. And there's a lot of different versions of that from like a virtual signaling standpoint to mm -hmm. an actual, you know, the actual like four-pronged approach to a business development model that actually enables that to happening happen because they have to be individualized from, you know, the sustainability to the doing good to the making money. But anyways, I digress. Um, how do you think about that mission when you're like curating content for the big show? It's a good question. Have I ever given you my big fat Greek wedding reason for being... <gasps> No. No? Okay. So this is how I phrase this most of the time. And like, you got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Mm -hmm. Because Money 2020 US, there is a large team that is doing the, not a large team, but a team that is mm -hmm. doing the programming. So it's not just me. It's also right. Rachel Morrissey, Kelsey Blair. There's a list of us that are putting it all together. And there's help from Europe. There's help from across the, like, basically what I'm saying is not a one man band, right. big team. And like, they do the real work. My version of it and my reason is... There's a moment in Big Fat Greek Wedding where, like, the matriarch of the family is talking about kind of the Greek mother, right? Mm. Basically saying that she's not the head of the family. She's the neck that turns the head, right? Yeah. And that's the way I think about it. It's like kind of earlier we were talking about, like, wanting to be the smartest or wanting to be this or mm -hmm, that or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if we were recording by that point. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always kind of want to be Jamie Dimon, I guess, but not really, right? Yeah. Like I kind of, like, I think we probably, everybody in the industry has like that person or something, you know, like we mm -hmm. all want to be that CEO probably. But then like, if you put yourself in their shoes, you'd probably not want to be yeah. in their shoes very long. Anyway, like the amount of pressure and stress on them is so ridiculous mm -hmm. that I don't know if I actually want to do that. But the idea of being able to be the one that is directing that conversation, yeah. right? In terms of like, okay, so you're facing, you know, 90 degrees, you should be facing at 180 or you should be facing at 50 or whatever it is. Like that to me is a huge responsibility that is wildly exciting. Mm. And I think with like where I'm at in my career and where my team and the Money 2020 team as a broader thing is, is like, I mean, we have a business to run. We have all these other things, but like there are moments while we're programming content where we really separate ourselves from kind of the behemoth. And it really is like a, okay, if we put this up on stage, like what is the impact on the world? Mm. Right. And it's not 300 plus speakers. Like there's a lot of sessions. Like if right. we did that with every single thing, we can't literally mm -hmm. just because mm -hmm. of the volume. But like if we can have 10 to 20 pieces of content during the show that are taking the world from a insane focus in this direction to a slight shift in a different direction, yeah. then I feel like we did our job. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. And if we can come back a year later and there's like we kind of shifted the parabola or mm -hmm. like shifted the, the direction, shifted the narrative, then we did our job and yeah. we can take it a step further. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, eventually I think I want to not be the neck. I think I want to probably at some point be the head just so <laughs> that I can say that I did. But yeah. like right now, I think the neck is a great position to be in and I don't envy a lot of the heads. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it is, it's power. <laughs> It's powerful. And I mean that more in the sense of like the ability to enable change, right? The yeah, ability. It's to, a responsibility. Yeah. I mean, as much as my job is fun as shit, like mm -hmm. 
it is not, I don't take it lightly mm -hmm. by any means. Like yeah. I actually think that <laughs> this is, I won't, I won't share the person, but there was a person recently that joined money 2020 that works closely with me and had like experienced me on calls mm -hmm. and experienced mm -hmm. me at the office and hadn't experienced me in the show. Right. And then I think that there was a perspective that I was a very, like, I didn't take things seriously or a the whole way through. Yeah. Right. Just the a perspective that I was yeah. just joking yeah. and just being, you know, just kind of carrying on. Yeah. Being, Zach MC on stage is the same as the guy who's putting, helping put the agenda together. Yeah, exactly. Just chilling. I doubt that. Chilling. <laughs> um, and I got, when I get on site, when I'm talking to like you mm -hmm. out in public or something like that, right? Like I'm still chill. I'm still like having fun, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, if I have somewhere to be, or if I have something I need to accomplish, like I am very fucking serious mm -hmm. in that moment. And I think I scared the hell out of her. Cause she's like, <laughs> she was asking me a question at a very specific moment where I needed to be in three places. And I've like, I'm not one to raise my voice. Like, can you imagine me yelling? Like no. if I'm not in a fight or Only about to murder. Yeah. Like or a joke. Yeah, yeah. A joke. Or I'm like actually so pissed that we're yeah. about to fight or like the two directions that I will yell. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like yell, but I was like, if you need me there, tell me you need me there. If you don't, I'm going to be over here. And she was just like, ah! yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, she's like not used to that. Yeah, She's yeah. like, who is this guy? He didn't make a joke in that sentence, mm. you know? So I think that there is a sense that Money 2020 is a good time. Of course it is. There's a sense that it's time to like have a couple beverages with your friends. A hundred percent it's that. It's like part of the reason I call FinTech Family Hour FinTech Family Hour is because I call Money 2020 a FinTech Family Reunion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it's it is a, the biggest th there is. Exactly. Yeah. But it matters. It's serious. And like people's businesses and lives and livelihoods are like created or shot on it. Yeah. So I take it very, very seriously, but- I feel like if I don't have fun creating it and we don't have fun programming it, then like nobody's going to have any fun listening mm -hmm. to it or watching it. So. Right. Well, and then you need that fun and that engagement to be able to, for people to actually really take it seriously. Right. I think so. I think that it goes ironically. Uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that it goes hand in hand because, you know, it's just getting people in engaged. It's just yeah. getting their attention so that you can kind of be like, ooh, and then here's like the real message behind all of it. You know, I mean, I would say maybe like one of my last questions for you yeah. would be before we switch over to FinTech Family Hour. Um, I'm like, this is like FinTech Family two hours <laughs> between both of our shows. As long as you listen I mean, to both. You have to listen to both. Um, it's a part one and two thing. But it's thinking, yeah, like it's thinking of that umbrella theme, right? It's like, do you create umbrella themes for the show? You, you, I know you have last year there was themes around like that transparency and that vulnerability mm -hmm. and being more real and now oh, you, know. you remember it? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Oh good. Well I mean <laughs> hey, I'm a content person and yeah, I yeah, like yeah. I pay attention and I like I remember seeing that and being like oh my god like fuck yeah like that's vulnerability is something that I'm always trying to help. We fought over that word internally. <sighs> last year. I bet. Like, that was a word that I was very, Rachel Morrissey and I actually both, uh, who is the head of content. Yeah. We were both very set on and there was a lot of internal, because I mean, it's money 2020, like, I think people forget sometimes that it is owned by a publicly traded company right. and, you know, it is a large enough thing now that it, we have to be careful about taking certain, certain risks, risks mm -hmm. you know, and we pick our battles and there were some folks internally that were like the idea of admitting openly that the financial system is in a vulnerable place may lead to, and I'm like, what? Like may lead to what? what? Like innovation change. Like, may lead to honesty. May yeah. lead to like, what the, like what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. And they're like, 
but I don't know. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> like, I, so, and I get the reasoning, right? Like the idea, I, I, do, I, I get, get it. it. And especially coming from a perspective of somebody that maybe doesn't think of vulnerability in the way that you and I do, mm-hmm. I get that. But yeah, we know we fought about that a lot. Yeah. So you're asking about what are this year's or like, what are the I focus mean, for this year? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just kind of when, and like the thought process, process around like picking it, I guess. Yeah. So I kind of can't believe you asked this question because it's a really interesting question to me that I don't know if it's interesting to other people, but you asked it. So I guess so. So <laughs> as a concept. Yeah. I hope that this is like the TAM of this question is, is semi broad. I guess like people are so fascinated by how to get selected for money 2020 that I guess maybe this is interesting. So there is a very strong desire from everybody in the world for us to do what are considered conference themes, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? One, we don't think of ourselves as a conference. Right. Two, fuck a theme. Yeah. <laughs> like I am so sick of the idea of themes. Like when I joined Money 2020, went back and started asking old friends like, hey, do you remember any of the old themes? Do you remember? I had gone to Money 2020 four years before joining mm. as an attendee. I couldn't tell you a single theme. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. who cares? Yeah. Right. For me, it's like you're telling these comms teams at these large organizations, what you want to hear. And then they paired it back to you. So if all you say is this year's AI, this year's fraud, this year's banking, and this, you know, just like hit Mm -hmm, on them. It's mm -hmm. like one, what are you paying me for? Right. Like anybody could say that. Well, and I think it puts you, it actually, you know, segments the content into some weird box and makes people think like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not interested in inclusion, so I'm only going to go here. But what if instead you like experienced... So the, what you the like, listeners it. can't yeah. see what you just did with your hands, <laughs> right. but actually what you just did with your hands yeah. is wildly important. Right. It is horizontal. Yeah. Right. So think it like AI as an example. Mm-hmm. So many times this year, people are like, where's the AI track? And I'm like, we don't have tracks. Jeez. Where's the AI, you know, where's the AI? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because like we want it to be interesting and leveled and nuanced right. and like layered, not leveled. But the idea that we're just going to have an AI track and that's where you go for your AI stuff when one of the most groundbreaking piece of technology that we've seen in our lifetimes that is moving faster mm-hmm. than we have seen any other technology move in our lifetime, maybe ever, like Moore's Law looks like a bitch right now. Like this is insane. Yeah. So yeah, maybe we'll have a few pieces of content on it, but it is horizontal. It's across the whole show, mm-hmm. right? And people are like, where's the AI stuff? And I'm like, fucking tell me your story. Yeah. And if AI is a piece of it, Great. Yeah. Right. So the idea of a buzzword, the idea of a theme, like Mm -hmm. all that to me is just like uncreative. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's like, frankly, kind of lame, right? It's doing what all the other events and conferences do. Tracy Scarlett was saying how like you guys try to really like test things out, like test like Mm -hmm. little shit here and there and like see where things go and having kind of little moments to do like crazy risks is like an important way to do it. But also just like maybe you're an AI professional, but you like there's nothing wrong with wanting to actually like learn about something else or there's nothing wrong with, you know, OK, yes, you're in marketing. and I get that. Maybe you want that weird track thing, but you should be like looking into other areas like there's yeah. nothing wrong with expanding. I'm doing the horizontal thing again, yes. expanding <laughs> the way the content that you consume, not to mention like maybe actually going to the sessions like yeah. and showing up to the sessions. And I understand that like networking is important, too, but like. A lot of good shit is said in that stuff. And I mean, I guess an advantage to me, I get to go to those sessions and write about them and then update people on what happened because they maybe didn't go. And But anyways. You were my only good audience member <laughs> in Europe. So I understand. <laughs> I understand. 
understand. You were the only one <laughs> listening. You were the only one. I think you clapped. You laughed. I did. I mean, it was I wild. Engaged. It was you engaged. You did it was a crazy. great job. You sang and everything. It I mean, was I so do what good. I can. But they're Europeans, so they're they don't Europeans really, are you know, tough. Same. Yeah. I, when I moderated my session, I like pulled a couple of jokes. The photos are great because me and my panelists are laugh like we're having a great time. There's yeah. like a photo of all of us like laughing and but did the audience have that same reaction? Maybe in the inside yeah. internally. And well, all the photos are just me being like laugh. <laughs> laugh. <laughs> For the love of God, please laugh at my stand-up show. All right. I asked all my guests this. If we need to be the change we wish to see, what okay. change do you wish to see in fintech and how do you embody it? Stop taking yourself so seriously. Have some fun and worry less about what you say. And I embody it by having no damn filter and trying to get everybody else to have some fucking fun. The fastest response of this entire show. Some people like mull over that for a minute and like, but you're like, I know exactly what I'm my doing and I know why I'm here. second and third answer is always worse than my first. So yeah. I just say whatever the fuck comes uh, into my head it's and the it best tends thing you to can work do. out. Best yeah. thing you could do. Zach, thank you so much for joining me cool. on thank Humans you. of Fintech. This has been such a blast. It's been a wonderful time. Now over to the next. All right, now over to the, go to Fintech Family Hour. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too.